Welcome to the show today, guys. You have heard me frequently quote Dr. Mildred Jefferson, the first black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School, the founder of the National Right to Life Committee, uh, formed before Roe, before 73, to combat much of the abortion propaganda attempt coming from people like Larry Later um, and the attempt to convince Betty Friedan to put abortion in the National Organization for Women's Platform. And you had the first black woman graduated from Harvard Medical School, a pro-life activist and voice, um, who later turned Ronald Reagan pro-life. And we actually have the letter that Reagan wrote to Dr. Mildred Jefferson saying that he wished he had heard her case and what she had to say before he signed the pro-abortion legislation in California. Well, you don't know that woman's story because have you noticed the pro-abortion industrial complex and liberalism writ large hates black people who, as Clarence Thomas said, deign to think for themselves, <laughs> who are conservatives. Well, Dr. Mildred Jefferson is famous for saying, today it is the unborn child, tomorrow it is likely to be the elderly or those who are incurably ill. Who knows but that a little later, it might be anyone who has political and moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. Dr. Mildred Jefferson said that decades ago. We have been living in just a little bit later for some time. You see, those who murder the unborn will not hesitate to murder the born. And those who murder the unborn actually cannot be trusted to govern the born. And those who call the dismemberment, disembowelment, and dissection of 65 million children in their mother's wombs over the last 50 years healthcare can certainly be trusted to get everything else wrong. So, Mark Houck, the executive director of the King's Men, a pro-life activist, advocate, homeschooling father, and leader in his community, woke up one morning as he had a quiche in the oven to banging on his door on September 23rd, 2022, with the FBI coming to arrest him and pointing guns at his children and his family. He joins us today to discuss how all this happened and the very scary moment that we are in as Americans and pro-lifers because of our tolerance of the evil of abortion for so many decades in America. Buckle up, you're in for, I guess, a treat. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Mark, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Thanks for having me, Seth. Yeah. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be with you, man. We, I, uh, I have been telling your story in little tidbits on, on stages because I speak a lot and a lot of churches, thankfully, because that's the institution we have to wake up, right, man? That's like, right. if we that's can right. wake up the capital C church to actually contend for righteousness in the public square, mm. we can turn this whole American experiment mm. around. Mm. And, and by the way, you know what, Mark? The left knows this. This is why Newsom, we call him Governor Newsom Leany, in California wrote an executive order during the scandemic shutdowns to say that you couldn't sing in churches. Mm. But if you were a pontiff in the religion of secular humanism and you marched through the streets of uh, major California cities and you screamed Black Lives Matter, systemic racism, burn it all down, blah, 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 and the spit flew from their lips, that was not a super spreader and Fauci didn't critique them as being granny killers. Um, but mm. if you were a Christian who met in your sanctuary at 50% capacity to worship 
Christ, uh, you were called a granny killer and a super spreader. It's fascinating how COVID could differentiate between mm. uh, religious conservatives and secular liberals. It's, it's a political mutation of a virus, I guess. Mm. Um, the point is this, they know, they fear an awakened and mobilized church who lives as if there is a king on the throne. Mm. He is ruling and reigning. And guess what? You're not him, Newsom. You're not him, Merrick Garland. You're not him, Nancy Pelosi. And we're going to live our lives in accordance with how he's called us to, because we're going to have to look him in the face one day and hopefully hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. The left knows that Christians built America. They know that godly men and women Christians built the foundational premises and ideas that enabled us to have freedom and liberty in America. And their greatest fear are those people waking up again. So when you start to contend for the unborn and you start to contend for truth, particularly after Roe v. Wade gets overturned, when the left mm. liberalism, the abortion industrial complex, and dare we say mark the spirit of the age, is losing their mind over Roe v. Wade getting overturned, what do they do? They start coming for anyone who has political and moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. But sidewalk counselors who contend outside of the doors of death where children are killed are some of the number one undesirables, number one enemies of hmm. the, let's call it the liberal establishment today. And you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, good times. Because unfortunately you had to experience a lot of this banana republic kind of stuff we're living in now. So. Mark, thank you for coming on the show. With that intro, I just want you to tell us your story. Firstly, tell us kind of what you do with your ministry because it sounds sure. sounds amazing. And then, and then I want you to tell us what, what happened in 2022. Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity. So uh, the King's Men is a, a small men's ministry, but it has a large footprint because uh, the Holy Spirit will do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. Yeah, yeah. So we began in Philadelphia back Great. in 2004. Three guys wanted to come together and just strengthen and sharpen each other. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. Just, right. just get together and and let it happen, let it rip. And and I was a single guy, wasn't married, and uh, you know I was dealing with a lot of issues, right? And so I needed my brothers in arms. So yeah. we locked arms. We began that, and it grew into a, a full-time ministry in 06. I was working full-time in the pro-life movement at the time. Okay. So well. I took a look around, much like you, and I saw a lack of male leadership. If right. you were around, I would have been really excited. But uh, I. I know four, you weren't. And uh, I, I took a look around. I, I saw a, a tremendous lack of male leadership. And I said, what's, what's the problem? Why aren't more men standing up for the preborn child? Yeah. You know, a lot of women, a lot of good women. And there was a lot of good men, but they were in their 70s, right. maybe 80s, some of them. And uh, they were great for mentoring and great for wisdom, but um, they weren't appealing to me necessarily on that level. Sure. So we launched our, our ministry to address the issue of, of abortion, but we really went to the root, believe it or mm. not, uh, Seth, with the issue of pornography. Yeah. Because uh, that's where the seeds are planted for the hypersexualized culture. It's true. And then, and of course, and then it leads to abortion, <laughs> yeah. right? It's a root cause. So, so we kind of took a step back and went deeper. And we were part of the closing of 23 sexually oriented businesses just by praying, Wait, doing that what again? we do. Yeah, 23 sexually oriented businesses wow. since 04, where we just. We do, we do at the clinics, right? At the abortion mills, we go out and we pray. Mm. And, uh, yeah. and we hand out literature and we encourage and we, we're compassionate and we say, hey, we can help you. Same thing we do at the abortion mills, yeah, right? Yeah. So we were just applying those <clears throat> principles and we continued our fight with the abortion fight. But since then, you know, we, we grew into that full-time ministry where we, we reached out to the whole country, Europe, wow. uh, 
Wonderful. Korea, we have you know Arab uh, military bases in Korea, Afghanistan. We had uh, men's groups meeting, military wow. personnel, and uh, and and then yet you know the Lord, he, he, we never know where He's going to take us next, right? Yeah. Uh, in this case, you know, to the federal court building in Philadelphia. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going to be next Tuesday. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, t- t- and when you say next Tuesday, today it is Thursday, January nineteenth, um, and uh, we'll release this you know shortly, sometime after that, sure. of course. But um, so you have been contending for the life of the preborn for some time. Sure. I mean, if, you, if you were doing that in 04 and before that, I was, uh, yeah, well, I was very young. <laughs> and um, though I've, I've been, really, I've been a pro-life activist since I was a fetus, you know, but um, so a long time, but uh, you probably have me beaten there. And so <laughs> the, the point is, this is not new territory for you. You've been faithful in this battle for a long time, but <clears throat> the climate changed after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And we all sensed it. I mean, sure. you know, you had, um, you may remember this, the group Jane's Revenge mm-hmm. and Ruth sent mm-hmm. us. They were planning a, a, they called it a night of rage that they had planned um, right before June 24th. And they were spreading the word all across the country, to, to, getting the word out that we're planning a night of rage. Um, and we don't know when it might get overturned, but we sense it might get overturned. And if it does, we want you. And I read the letter that they sent to like activist groups all around the country. So I'm mm. not just like, you know, I'm mm. not making this stuff up, uh, telling people we want you to express your rage in the streets. We want you to hit the streets and mm. cause chaos and be angry. It's like, well, we, we experienced that in 2020, didn't we? Mm. So they were, pr- were preparing some of this stuff, right? And then the, some of these groups were walking into uh, mainly Catholic churches. Um, and they were chanting, um, uh, without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand and without apology. And they were dressed like the Handmaid's Tale stupid uniform. Uh, and they were walking mm. to churches chanting this. I mean, this is, this is a new kind of season. I mean, mm. we, we've seen the pro-abortionists go crazy and lose their mind. They have been for decades. Um, but I mean, walking to churches all around the country, that had not happened in a large scale mm. like that before. And then mm. Roe v. Wade gets overturned. And the next thing you know, over 100 pro-life ministries, mainly pregnancy resource centers, were firebombed, mm-hmm. physically defaced, vandalized, or burnt to the ground. Right. And they were writing on the walls of the center, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Mm. Pregnancy centers went into work one day, Mark, all around this country to love on women and children, and they found those words spray-painted in, in blood-colored paint on the walls of their center. Mm-hmm. Now, Merrick Garland's not interested in, in, in investigating those threats of domestic terrorism. That's a violent threat. If abortions right. are, then you're not safe pro-lifer. Right. Um, so my point is this, boy, has the climate changed. Yes. So, um, but you, you're aware of that because you sidewalk counsel outside of sure. the doors of death. So tell us what happened sort of in the lead up to September 23rd. Sure. So so we have to go back to September, excuse me, October 13th, 2021. Okay, thank you. So I was in Philadelphia, where, I, where I'm from, uh, and abortion is legal up to 24 weeks in Philadelphia, even post uh, the overturning of Roe. So uh, we still have a lot of work, right, in Philadelphia yeah. and Pennsylvania. But uh, we're, we're out there, uh, and I brought my son, my 12-year-old son, and he's been coming with me to the abortion mills for, year, for years. And uh, he would come and we pray together and we deal with the vulgarity that comes. And, and often it was very vulgar. And usually it was coming from the community and also from, from the volunteers at Planned Parenthood. One particular gentleman uh, was... Wait, they're uh, like escorts, right? Yeah. yeah I call them death escorts. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they're there. And, and uh, you know, they're usually very silent. They don't usually talk much, nor do they want to talk to you. But there's one particular gentleman uh, who's, who's a, a man that is involved in this case now, uh, who was very outspoken and mm-hmm. very outspoken to my son. I think he taught my son the F word. So, uh, yeah, so homeschool boy. 
you know, he hadn't heard I've, the F word. I've contended uh, <laughs> with those people. I, so, uh, and among other things, among yeah. other words. And, uh, you know, I'd yeah. often say, look, you, you can talk to me. Uh, no problem. Uh, but don't, don't, don't talk to my son. You don't have yeah. permission to talk to him. Wait, Mark, uh, are you telling me that, that people who murder children, they, they, they like, they treat children outside the womb poorly too? They're corrupting minors. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> I'm sure there's no correlation there. Right, right. So cor- corrupting my son. So so we would go there and yeah, we pray for him. And, and of course, you know, we, we just, we try to do what we're called to do, which is to help the abortion-minded men and women. And we did. We helped hundreds. Yeah. Uh, on this particular day, October 13, 2021, um, something was a little different, Seth. Uh, when hmm. Mark and I showed up, my son, Mark Jr., uh, the, the escorts were spread out along the Planned Parenthood sidewalk and building, which they usually aren't. They're on the, the mm. usually at the gates, the gates of hell, as we yeah, call them, right? Yeah. Uh, and I said, let's, son, let's just stay on the corner. Something didn't seem right. Sense, didn't pass the sniff test, right? Yeah, yeah. So we just started praying and, and uh, we began our prayer. About 45 minutes goes by and uh, so, some abortion-minded girls come out of the, of the, uh, the mill. <laughs> And are walking down, and I'm and I'm trying to offer them some literature. I don't know whether they had the abortion pill or what. Abortionpillreversal.com. You know, we're working with them, and we have a pregnancy resource center the next block. Yeah, great. That's only hundred feet away. Yeah. So, hey, can I share with you the good news about this? And I'm walking. I'm walking. A gentleman who uh, I alluded to earlier comes running over to the other block where I am. Whoa. And and they never do that. They usually just stay in their domain. Yeah. And and stops right in front of me so much so that I have to. He impedes my progress. I, I didn't and know that I part fall. of the story. So right, he, he the went first. out of his way to go to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, wow. And he wanted me to stop speaking to her, and which is my right, right? And uh, and I was escorting her to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Yeah. I do have rights under the FACE, don't I? Yeah. So uh, the FACE Act. For, yeah, yeah we'll get into the FACE is, Act. Yeah. What does it stand for for people who so don't know? So federal access to clinic entrances. Yeah. And it applies to pro-lifers as well as uh, those that are not with us yeah. on that side. So. He impedes my progress and I fall into him. And, it, and he stumbles and, and I said, how, how, you know, why, why are you doing that? I'm, I'm clearly talking, you know, what's your problem, you know? And we go back and uh, we, we resume our, our conversation uh, and, and on my prayer life with my son, right? Yeah. And he, he goes running into the, into the facility. So uh, about a half hour later, he comes back out and he comes, walks right up to where we are. And again, we're 50 feet from the entrance. We're wow. pretty much in, in, in the street, not wow. even on the property of uh, where, the, where the abortion mill is. And uh, he starts harassing my son. He starts talking to my son. I said, you don't have permission. Don't talk to my son. Talk to me, whatever. Just keep, just ignore me. And vulgar language, you know, just obscenities. And he just keep going to my son. I said, look, man, you got to stop, okay? Stop harassing my son. This is not going to be good. This is going to end up, I'll, I'll be a problem here. And I don't want you doing this anymore. And he ignored me, and then and then eventually he he did it again. I said, "You you need to stop now." And I said, "Go back, wow. go back, leave us alone." Like violating our personal space, you know, like like you don't know if this guy's going to be a physical violent threat. Well, and he's point. a seventy year old man, but he's he's spry, you know. So, uh, but I don't know any. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's capable of. I just don't want him near my son. Yeah, sure. So uh, I said, "Go back." And then he turns around and I turn around and then he comes right back at my son. So I pushed him, pushed him away from my son. I, I, need, yeah, to my, I need to protect my son. Good job. So not, not just permissible, he, but actually moral. Yeah. Any, anyone who's threatening your child and screaming obscenities, probably spit flying off his lips, screaming at your son right, right in front of him. For sure. Every dad would push someone back. So he fell to the ground. Yeah. And uh, he, got, he popped right back up and went, went back inside the building. 
So he, I said, he doesn't son, have a broken leg. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was right up. So I said, son, let's uh, let's go get some lunch. All right, let's let's de-escalate a little bit. Let's get out of here. We went and grabbed lunch. We didn't flee the scene. We just went and grabbed lunch. Went. We did a holy hour. We prayed. Went to the church, Thirteenth and Market, St. John the Evangelist. Start praying. I'm praying for for uh, Bruce and and the, he was a gentleman who who was harassing my son. And then we we come back. And the civil affairs are there. Civil affairs are the police department uh, in Philadelphia that handle First Amendment rights. They're plainclothes guys, and they're in unmarked units. Knock on the door. Hey, here's my information. This is what happened. You know, do criminals come back to a scene? No, they flee the scene. No, I, I have nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. I'm a good father. Yeah. Helping my son. And so uh, at that point, you know, things were, we said, took the information and, uh, and we left. After about 30, 40 minutes there at our post, we left. And then... Um, about a month later, I get a, a private criminal complaint uh, because the DA didn't want to pick it up. The Philadelphia PD didn't want to pick it up. Civil Affairs didn't want to pick it up. <laughs> he had to file a private criminal complaint to put me in the courts. Whoa. And, so uh, so it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's such political maneuvering and such a stunt that no one wants to touch it because yeah, the DA's not yeah, interested They realize in this. how ludicrous it is. Wow. Right. It's yeah. just two guys <laughs> shoving match, right? You know, whatever. So, um, so they, he puts me in court and um, at that point they want to mediate. And I said, I'll mediate. I get it. You know, hmm. no problem. No, I want him in court. Doesn't want to mediate. So he's not even interested in that. Uh, they said, would you avoid uh, uh, playing parent for six months? And take an anger management class for mediation. And they said to me, I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I just go to the abortion mill down the road. I'm going to stay at that one for six months. I'll just go to the other one. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. You know, whatever. It's fine. I'm totally open to working this out. You know, we don't, we don't need to do this. We don't need to waste tax, taxpayer money, right? So he said, no, no, no. So we had our, our, our court hearing. And uh, my attorney couldn't show up because he had COVID. And uh, so that guy continued. And then the next court hearing, um, he didn't show up. Well, we left that court hearing. The older gentleman the, who was- The escort, yeah, okay. Bruce. He didn't show up. So we leave and it's continued and we go out to the abortion mill and there's Bruce. And he says, did you enjoy your day in court today? So he's now manipulating the system and you know playing with games, right? And wow. I said, wow, okay. So um, we go to the third proceeding and uh, well, that particular day at that proceeding, the judge says, if he doesn't show up the next one, it's dismissed. And so a month later, he doesn't show up. It was dismissed. Totally done. Five days later at the abortion mill, I'm served by the FBI uh, or the U.S. Justice Department in Philadelphia, a target letter saying you're a target of a grand jury investigation. <laughs> Five days later. Five days. Mm -hmm. After it was dismissed. After it was dismissed. At the local level. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So are you, you, do you continue to sidewalk counsel? Of course. Yeah. 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 Nothing changes with the date. You Good. know, we're just, we're, we're in mission, right? So we're there, we're going and I have attorneys, we're represented. We've got case law against it. We're totally good. We're there. Now he's not, he doesn't show up at all. Yeah. He's not there Man, at all. It's just, a, it's a bummer, Mark, that you weren't like a, a, a transgender or transvestite, um, black, uh, disabled um, illegal immigrant, because then you could have burned the entire abortion center down. Um, and Kamala Harris would have tweeted a fundraising link to help raise the funds to pay your bail. It's such a bummer, huh? That you're, that we're a white cisgender, very, you know, evil Christian nationalist. I, never I mean, but I mean, you know, all joking aside, but we should joke about these things, right? Because like the hypocrisy is so glaring. Um, but the point is that they know they're hypocritical. They don't care. 
because they are in control. They mm-hmm. have power. Mm-hmm. And to quote Dr. Milda Jefferson, the longer you tolerate this evil of abortion, the sooner it will come home to roost mm. for you as well. Mm-hmm. In other words, paraphrasing uh, Dr. Milda Jefferson, I think we should say that the longer you tolerate some human beings being denied rights of personhood and called unwanted and dehumanized, the sooner that you'll be the next iteration Mm. of those defined unfit to live, undesirable, Mm. unwanted, or to quote the Nazis, Leben Leben, life unworthy of life. Mm. And we should say this very clearly, the deep state, the Leviathan, the liberal establishment, whatever you want to call it, they believe that pro-life conservatives are life unworthy of life. Like Mm. I, I don't know how much more clearly I can speak for the I'm not political Christians, those who don't like to engage the dirty business of politics. I don't know how much more clearly to say this to you guys. They hate you. Okay, this is why Corinne Jean-Pierre, Biden's press secretary, said last fall, right around the time that this happened with you, um, that basically they call them ultra-MAGA Republicans, but really they just mean any pro-life conservative, (laughs) are the greatest and most, quote, the greatest and most extreme threat to freedom and democracy. That's how they view patriots, Mm. conservatives, pro-lifers, and Christians. Mm. And you're starting to experience that. You are experiencing that. My only hope after that you experience justice Mark, hopefully, is that people wake up and see these stories and realize the moment that we're in, what what time it is right now in mm-hmm. this American culture war. So I want you to continue from there. Sure. Um, from the five days after it's dropped by the local level, you get served a grand jury uh, target letter. Target letter. My goodness. What happened? Yeah, so next? the target letter basically says you're, you're a target of a grand jury investigation and uh, have your attorney contact this office immediately. So, of course, I did, right? Attorney contacted and said, Hey, uh, you have no case. There's case law here um, against it. Even in your own district, there's case law. Uh, but look, if you want to bring, if you want to indict my client, you don't need to bring an agent out, out to his house. Uh, we'll, we'll bring him in peacefully. He's a peaceful man. So your lawyer said that? Yeah, yeah. If you want to yeah, indict him, we'll bring him down. He, he's got no problem with that. And that was in April. That was in April of uh, 2022. Okay. Uh, wow. There was initial exchange, I guess, with the lawyers, but we didn't hear anything. We didn't hear anything. Oh, in fact, in August... So they, they just didn't respond after that? No. So you got served this target letter. Mm-hmm. Your lawyer says, hey, don't... Okay, well, I mean, obviously, you don't have a case here, but, you know, don't freak out. He'll come in yeah. if you need him to. And then, right. and then it was just nothing. It was just... Nothing. Radius. And my attorney called me in August of 2022, and he said, uh, have you heard anything from the DOJ or the assistant U.S. attorney? In yes, August. In August. So, so between April... In August, Rose mm-hmm. overturned now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, So August, uh, I think it was towards the end of August, he said, have you heard anything from the assistant U.S. attorney? I said, no. Have you? He said, no. He says, I keep calling her. She won't return my calls. So I said, okay, well, maybe. So your lawyer's going out of his way. That's right. To That's try right. to yeah, establish yeah, yeah, yeah. What, What's the status here? And uh, he said, I said, well, maybe we just let sleeping dogs lie. You know, I mean, maybe it's just like they, there's no case here. He said, well, yeah, I guess. Next thing I know, I got got September 23rd at 6.45 in the morning. I have a banging on my door. That's the next thing I heard from anybody from the assistant U.S. attorney's office. So take us to that moment. So I wake up early, 6 o'clock. We have co-op that day. Homeschool dad, as you said, seven children. I'm getting up early. I'm preparing the day. I got a quiche in the oven. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a quick breakfast, and we're off. 
Uh, so I, I gently wake my wife up, but she's stirring, and I go downstairs. Now it's dark. It's dark in Pennsylvania on September 23rd. Right, before so, 7, yeah. Yeah, you can't see anything. And uh, and so I'm, I'm doing my thing and keeping the lights low. It's around 6.45, there's the ringing of my doorbell, like repeatedly, annoyingly, right? All in the house, like ding, 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 ding. And then bang, 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 bang on my door. Oh my Open gosh. up. <clears throat> that's, that's it. That's it. That's all they say. Now, first of all, if you're the FBI, that's not usually, I think, protocol to like declare who you are, but I didn't know who it was. I couldn't see out my window. I could see some sirens, but I was like, dear God, who is this? And I said, well, who is it? And they said, bang, 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 bang. It's the FBI. Open up. Now, my wife isn't up at this point. My kids are still oh, asleep. My gosh. Kids are sleeping, all of them. And I said, all right, uh, stay calm. I have seven babies in here. Please stay calm. Yeah. So I open the door and I, I, I show my hands immediately. The first thing come out is my hands. And I come out and I have... I see 15, what I think are 15 marked and unmarked units. I have 15. multiple, I have multiple uh, agents, which, which I learned were agents on my porch. And I got about another 10 to 12 state PA state troopers and agents spread out on my property on the side of my house. And apparently in the back of my house, as my children saw that people were surrounding my home. So I said, the first thing I came up, I said, well, what are you doing here? I wasn't even thinking target letter. I said, what are you doing here? Wow. And they didn't say anything. And he eventually said, well, you know why we're here. I said, oh, you're here because I rescue babies. Whoa. That's what I said. You did. And they looked at me for you. and they didn't say anything. I said, you know what? If President Trump was in the White House, if the Trump administration wasn't in the White House, you wouldn't be here right now. Mm. That was the first thing that came to my mind. It's totally and they, they didn't, true. They didn't say anything. Self-evidently true. They didn't say anything. So then my wife comes down, bathrobe on, like, do you have a warrant? My wife's all focused, you know, laser beam. I'm, I'm shocked, you know. I got flip-flops on, shorts, T-shirt. It's cold. Do you have a warrant for his arrest? And he said, we're taking him with or without a warrant. That's what the lead agent said. Oh and my wife my said, well, God. you can't do that. That's kidnapping at gunpoint, which were M16s pointed at me, now at my wife, and in the threshold of my door with my children, Waking in up. my step on the steps coming down to the door, and they have gu they have guns drawn. They have guns drawn. Oh, absolutely, all absolutely. Of them. Well, the five agents that were on the right on the front door, and there's people in the back, and there's guns pointed at me. Meanwhile, the, you're sticking the... your hands out the door, saying like, "No guns I here." Mean, thank Nothing. God you had the no presence threat. of mind to de-escalate. Some some men, good men would be less controlled because they'd be so angry. Right. So and praise God you have the presence of mind to de-escalate because they certainly were not de-escalating. Well, can you imagine how reckless that would be? Yeah. What if my son or one of my little little boys thought this is pretty cool. I have an airsoft gun. Let me show him my airsoft gun. They would have shot my child. They would have yeah. shot me. Yeah. It's amazing no one got shot that day. My gosh. So uh, at this point, my wife asked for the warrant. They're not going to give it. And uh, they said, we're taking him. So I said, hey, can I, uh, can I uh, put some socks and shoes on? No. Can I put some underwear on? No. Uh, I wasn't naked. I had shorts on. But, uh, can I brush my teeth? No. Now, when an FBI agent comes to your house, Seth, if ever you're ever in this situation, usually the one or two will show up and they'll say, uh, hey, we're going to take you downtown. We have a warrant for your arrest. But uh, you know, finish up your coffee, pack your bag, get yourself ready. And it's usually very peaceful, right? Right. 
No, 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 no. I couldn't brush my teeth. Can I get a sweatshirt? No. Uh, okay, so we're going as we are. And they put me at a DC to cuff me behind the, the marked unit. In front of your children. Yeah. And children. Uh, and then I was out of there in 15 minutes. Wow. From yeah. 6.45 to 7, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No exchange, no buy children, no hug. Were your kids I'm crying? Cuffed. Oh, of course. That's my best friend. You're taking my best friend, my six-year-old. Kids are in tears. All the agents were shamed. And they, yeah, and they should be. They, they need to be fired. Well, if, if, if we lived in anything resembling a just America anymore, they'd all lose their jobs and zero pensions. Hmm. And frankly, they should be in jail <laughs> on top of that. So they should lose their pensions, be fired, and they actually need to serve time in prison. And that just goes to show you the state of our republic right now. Hmm. Um, uh, my friend, Charlie Kirk, uh, covered your story mm-hmm. when it happened. And uh, I understand you weren't allowed to appear on uh, you I, know, they podcasts were at, the, at, the, at the time, <laughs> but but he he covered it. Many other conservative pundits did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, uh, pay attention. Maybe go back and research any conservative or alleged conservative pundits that you listen to that didn't cover the story. If you're a conservative commentator and you care about the conservative movement, liberty, freedom, America, the American way, right? Uh, and you did, they did not cover this story, don't listen to them anymore. This is banana republic level stuff. This is what communist societies do. This is what China does. You know, this is like 1984. The, George Orwell wrote that book to be a warning, Mark, mm-hmm. not a manual. Mm. And it has become a manual in the Marxist playbook. Mm. Oh, uh, ministry of truth here, uh, newspeak here. Uh, we don't really like what you said here, or in this case, your actions and mm-hmm. saving babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine what your family went through the rest of that fall and to this day, Mark. Well, it gets worse. So they take me to the uh, the, the federal building, which is a hundred yards from the Independence Hall in Philadelphia, where our rights were established. So imagine the irony of that. So now at this point, I'm shackled in my feet, shackled in my waist. Feet too. Oh yeah. When I got out, well, they went the whole nine yards. Shackled feet, waist, and. And then eventually, after they fingerprint me, they cuff me to a table for six hours. So I'm shackled on my feet and waist in a, in a white room for six hours. Now, I got to tell you and tell your audience that it was the closest I ever felt to Jesus in my life. And my mm. prayer was just so intense. I was at Calvary. I, was, I felt consolation like never before. Mm. I felt grace pouring in to the moment, right? Wow. I prayed without ceasing, probably the first time ever in my life, for six hours. Uh, praying that way. Wow. It was very it was very holy in some ways. I felt grace. I felt mm. God's love and, and, and I felt uh, his embrace. I didn't know what was going on with my family, but I felt peace. And uh, they had every intention to let me go that day. And they did. That's that they were their intention was to humiliate me, embarrass they, me. Uh, they let you go that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. On my own recognizance. That af- that afternoon. That three o'clock I was out. They had every intention. Oh my god. They gosh. just wanted to humiliate. They wanted to embarrass. Just flexing. And they wanted to scare. Yeah. They wanted to scare and put fear in pro-life America. Right. And citizens like me. And I We're uh, the FBI. We're unelected. That's right. We're unaccountable. That's right. We're the deep state. We're the Leviathan. We have tentacles everywhere. Try to vote us out. Mm-hmm. We're here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just flexing power to incite fear. And then you're released. 
Interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, the federal agent who drove me down, he actually thanked me. Uh, he said, it was a real pleasure meeting you. So these people were pawns. Some of these these agents were pawns, you know. Hmm. Pawns put I'll in to, put in that situation. Yeah, but I'll have to stop you there, brother. Yeah. Uh, you're too kind. Uh, <laughs> if, if if as soon as you're given that order as an yeah. FBI agent who who you signed up to protect and mm. to serve, as soon as you're told to go scare the crap out of a Catholic pro life homeschooling family because of a local complaint that was dropped by mm. every institution, you quit. Mm. You quit, or you, or you, 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 you don't show up. You complain. You, you, you are sacrificing your soul mm. to to go along to get along. Mm. So I, I, you're too kind. I'll, I'll speak where for you. Thank the, you. The, the, I mean, no. I mean, you, these people have done eternal damage to their soul. Mm. I mean, can you imagine the level of evil, mm. ripping a father away in front of his children for what? For not even breaking a law. Mm. There was no law breaking. Mm. There was no lawsuit. There was no criminal indictment. There was no misdemeanor. It's just the Leviathan flexing its tentacles. Mm. I mean, shame on every one of those men. Mm. They're what C.S. Lewis meant when he said men without chests. Mm. Anyways, you got well, you me might little, be right. You got me a little too far. You might be there. right. But so you know continue. Yeah. You get let go that afternoon. So we have the pretrial uh, uh, bail is set, established if I'm a flight risk, which of course I'm not. Uh, but anyhow, they, they let me go. And um, I, I'm reunited with my family. Uh, now, the US, I had to go to U.S. Marshals. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with U.S. Marshals. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't want to deal with the U.S. Marshals. <laughs> it's a lot of prison transfer, and they don't like anybody. Wow. So you really start to f- see the inside. And it was almost like I was already guilty. Hmm. It was, I was already on probation. Because the way they were handling me, it was like, yeah, you're a piece of meat, you know, like you're nobody. You really felt like you had no rights. Wow. Uh, so I, I left uh, and was driven home, reunited with my family between three and four o'clock that day. And we cried together. We prayed together. Um, but we were so glad to be back together. Um, and that was the beginning. And, and I had arraignment uh, five days later. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So where are we at now? So we, we pled not guilty at that arraignment. And we Good. said we had our, our, our trial date set for January 24th, which is uh, in four or five days from now. Which is uh, two days after what would have been the 50th anniversary of, the Ro- of Roe v. Wade as well. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So that's next week. Right. As we're speaking right now. Wow, Mark. Uh, how are your kids doing? You know, it's, it's just so hard as a father to understand the degree of trauma that they suffered. I mean, it was an act of pure terror. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was, we were, we're going to terrify this family, this, these, these American citizens who uh, are guilty of no crime, and these children who are completely innocent. So they're the true victims, my wife and the children, the children especially. Yeah. So we did some healing work with them, you know, try to get them to talk about it. But, you know, a four-year-old can't express how he feels. Right. The two-year-old can't express what the terror that they felt. The six-year-old can't even do it. The older ones, yeah. they can kind of rationalize a little bit. Yeah, the most important people in their life, sometimes uh, some of the only meaningful relationships they have, because they haven't grown old enough to meet enough people, you know, right, depending right, on right. how, how right. big your extended family is. But, sure. but the person who's the most important to them getting dragged away, sure. how, do you, how do you comprehend that as a child? That's right. Know? Well, I, as, I, and as I told you before the show, I said, uh, my one daughter came up to me and said, I'm afraid of Fridays, Dad. I'm scared of Fridays. She's 10 years old. 
Yeah. I had my four-year-old acting out what he heard, banging on his sister's door, open up, FBI. And you think, geez, oh my gosh, how much has this been internalized? And, 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 and how long will, they, will this be in them? You know, what, what is the degree of trauma that will need to still be transformed? It will, it, unfortunately, Mark, it will probably be a seminal turning point of their life for the rest mm. of their life. I, I believe Unfor- Unfortunately. Yeah, I know, and I know you know that, and, yeah. but I'm saying that, that's probably true, unfortunately. Um, isn't it, uh, going back to the hypocrisy of the left, which here I am complaining about the hypo- hypocritical left again, despite the fact that they know it and don't care, but th- you got Merrick Garland behind all this, so let's talk about that as we kind of wind down the show. Um, I've been saying a lot to, you know, my listeners, my humble platform and podcast and speaking ministry that, um, this is Merrick Garland's revenge campaign against every conservative who dared denied him a seat on the Supreme court. Mm. Cause some people forgot if they're newer to politics or to the political fight, Merrick Garland was Obama's appointee for SCOTUS at the end of the Obama administration. Mm. Mer- uh, and uh, Mitch McConnell, who I have very little respect for, because a total squish can never be relied upon. But to his credit, he held up the appoint- appointment. Mm. And so we got Neil Gorsuch mm. under Trump instead of Merrick Garland. Um, without that, Roe doesn't get overturned, mm. Mark. Mm. So let's talk about that for a second. Mm. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, okay? The Supreme Court case that overturns Roe. Uh, Louisiana, right? Um, Mississippi. Mississippi, Thank you, Mississippi. Uh, That decision went um, 6-3. But then the court said, do we go the full way and fully overturn Roe? That vote was 5-4. So there are actually two votes in Dobbs, whether to Mm -hmm. uphold the Mississippi law, and then secondly, do we go the whole way and overturn Roe? Mm. They vote 5-4 to overturn Roe which means Roe only got overturned because of all three mm. Trump appointments to the Supreme Court. If Obama had his way and Merrick Garland's on the Supreme Court right now, mm. Roe doesn't get overturned, Mark. Likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is his revenge campaign mm. against all of those conservatives and pro-lifers that denied him a, a seat on the Supreme Court. So when, so when Mama Bears and Papa Bears started showing up to school board meetings in 2021, remember this, brother? Mm-hmm. It, was like, it was like a Tea Party level, mm-hmm. almost grassroots campaign that started happening. All organic, all natural at the local levels sure. of moms and dads. Some of them not believers or Christians at all, Mark, but they're like, you're pushing what kind of material in the sex ed right. or the critical race theory? It was right. those two things that, sure. drew, that drew the parents to this. And they start blasting these school board members at these public meetings, right? They're raising their voice, but no one's threatening violence, really. Merrick Garland comes out, you might remember this in 2021, and he says, we need to open up an investigation of sort of like domestic, he called it domestic terrorist activity. Of what? Mama bears and papa bears who don't want pornographic sex ed in their elementary, junior high, and high schools. Mm-hmm. So just think about how inverted and perverted this political sure. moment is, guys. The guy who's critiquing concerned parents who don't want porn taught to their 10-year-old at a public high school, according to Mayor Garland, those are domestic terrorists. Mm. But Merrick Garland is the real domestic terrorist. Mm. Whether he signed off on the raid on your family's home or not is beside the point because he damn well knew about it. Mm. That's for, we know that. He damn well knew about it. The, the, the guy complaining about Christian nationalism and domestic terrorists in January 6th. You know, I, I know some people who had FBI show up to their home, Mark, who didn't even enter the Capitol Rotunda, right. who were just outside 
Mm-hmm. And the FBI raided their home. Why? Because Merrick Garland called them domestic terrorists. Meanwhile, he's sicking the FBI as domestic terrorists onto pro-life Catholic families. Right. Yeah, let me say this. Uh, Please. The FACE Act uh, was started by Chuck Schumer and sponsored by <laughs> Senator Ted Kennedy. Now, what you need to know about this, and this is a, a, a brief that we filed, is that Merrick Garland and whoever was responsible doesn't even understand the the law of the FACE Act. And in a dialogue on the House in 1994, Senator David Durenberger from Minnesota is dialoguing with Senator Kennedy to understand this act that Senator Kennedy is sponsoring. And he says, our escorts, sidewalk counselors, people on the outside of the building, do they fall under this statute? Do, are they part of this? In other words, can, can any suit, any lawsuit be applied to them? Hmm. And Senator Kennedy says unequivocally, no, they are not involved. Absolutely not. So what, so what you have he was the is the law establishing that no one on the outside escorts sidewalk counselors, and they use those names specifically in this conversation. And we presented this brief, which as of this conversation hasn't been ruled on yet. It's not even an appropriate use, an application of the FACE Act, because it doesn't apply to pro-lifers outside and escorts that are volunteers for Planned Parenthood. It only applies to the reproductive health people inside the building. See what I mean? They, he doesn't even know the law. And so it's been a whole, in my case, this is the first ever case brought against a pro-lifer who wasn't doing civil disobedience or a sit-in. Right, like, the first right, time. like Operation Right, Rescue. right, right. Yeah, yeah, you were so, just, yeah. Right, okay, so there's a degree of like, okay, you know, I'm just praying with my son outside the mill and, and, and my son's getting harassed. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the gross ap- misapplication, yeah. abuse of power that we're dealing with. Yeah. Well, yeah. because um, as one of the founders said, I mean, Jefferson, I don't recall right now, but the, the end of government is justice. I mean, that's the whole point, right, of government. <laughs> um, so people like Chuck Schumer and, and these folks, and you know this, Mark, the, these people, they don't believe in justice they don't believe in the law they don't believe in upholding the law they flout mm. the law any chance they get mm. um, once again it's not hypocrisy it's hierarchy mm. um, and w- what the love of power does to a human being that that's a conversation that we don't have enough in the conservative <laughs> movement I mean let's let's just talk about some kings let's talk about uh, you know the the, the monarch the mon- various monarchies we've seen or oligarchies over the last several mm-hmm. centuries. Mm-hmm. Let's just examine that for a little bit. What does the love of power do to an individual? Mm-hmm. It, it grows like a worm in your bosom, and mm-hmm. it increases in its addiction um, as the as in the declining years of its victims. That's why Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders looks so decrepit and old. Mm-hmm. That's why Nancy Pelosi looks evil. Like, because when you do evil long enough, it actually starts impacting you physically. Mm. But these people, they do everything they can to just hold on to power because mm. it's all they have. It is their true love. It is their mm. one love. And I think I think we don't talk about that enough. Like we don't sometimes I think conservatives and pro-lifers and Christians um, who somewhat care about the culture wars and they want to see America turned around don't understand like how evil these people are, the mm. lengths that they will go to to keep on, hold on to power. And so when pro-lifers start threatening that and Roe v. Wade gets overturned, now we gotta come for anyone Mm -hmm. who has political or moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. Mark Houck, 
I'm here because I saved babies. That's what you told them. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we've agreed to not uh, publish this, Mark, until after January 24th. Um, and hopefully this will reach thousands, 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 because this story is a real, mm, it's a change in the narrative. Um, how can people support uh, you when they hear this? Sure. Beyond praying for you. Are, are there... Is there a fund for legal fees? Is there anything that people can do and contribute to? Yeah, well, they can do two things. One, they can go to thekingsmen.org, which is my website, and there's links to all the, what you just said. And the Thomas More Society, which mm. is the Calvary, they came, <laughs> yeah. they came running and they're flipping the bill for the legal fees. Oh, okay. So they go to thomasmoresociety.org if they want to support that as well. Good, wonderful, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark, for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for your bravery. Thanks for standing in the gap. Thanks for remaining c- courageous, for standing fast, um, because a lot of good families and good men um, would have had a hard time handling themselves with as much presence of mind and, and grace as you did. And, and we're grateful that you did, because that could have gone south Amen, bro. real quick. Well, you got the exclusive. You're the first one I told the whole story to. So <laughs> yeah. congratulations to you, man. Well, thank you. First to the party. Yeah, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank Appreciate you, it. Keep up the good work. All yes, right. Stand fast and we're behind you 100%. Amen. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show today. Um, Thomas More Society and the King's Men. Okay, go do that now, will you? The King's Men, Mark Houck, H-O-U-C-K. Obviously, you see it in the show notes here. We'll link those websites as well. The King's Men and Thomas More Society. Um, you need to share this episode. With your, if your pastor or church isn't talking about this, oh my gosh, if your youth group, your Christian school that's supposed to disciple the next generation to be salt and light and ambassadors for Christ in a culture that they don't even understand because you won't equip them to understand the kind of Leviathan we're against. You, you need to share this conversation and get the word out. Um, we should, I don't know, we should call this something like, the, uh, you know, the, the domestic terrorist, uh, formerly known as Merrick Garland. I mean, like th- this kind of stuff is more wicked than, than we could possibly imagine. Uh, this is how republics die. Uh, when the, the elite uh, are intent on creating an oligarchy accruing power and never giving it back. And and we're getting real close to a Rubicon line, which if you don't know, means the point of no return. Um, so please share this widely, support Mark, pray for him and his family, um, and uh, get political, will you? That's the solution here. Wielding political tools with as much gusto and passion as the left has done to make sure we have something like a DeSantis as the next president and oust Merrick Garland and uh, Throw them out into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, if you want to support the podcast uh, and it helps reach more people, go to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, leave us a rating and review, hit five stars. It actually helps and goes to charts. More people see it. We appreciate that. To connect with me, to see my speaking schedule, or to hear me speak live and local, go to sethgruber.com. And to become an ally of the White Rose Resistance, go to www.thewhiterose.life. Till next time, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.